Hello, it's Whitney, and I want to welcome you to Season 5. Yes, Season 5 of Ladies Takeover Empowerment Podcast, where we're all about helping you to succeed and become the very best version of yourself. So listen, this is our opener. We did a live session, and now you are catching our recap, and I'm going to let you just come in on the conversation that I am having with my phenomenal guest, uh, none other than Dr. Dominique Curry. And we're going to discuss Miss former USA Chesley Christ, who unfortunately took her life on January 30th, 2022. And we're going to talk about this, talk about the effects. Let's talk about it. Really think about what calls this? How does this affect you? How does this affect our community? What is it that we can do to start to prevent these types of situations? So let's go right to our conversation now. As many do, that you're doing what everybody else wants you to do, doing what everyone else says that you can do and not really experiencing that source of success for yourself. Now, I don't know if that was the case for this ex-pageant winner, but I do, I will say that there had to be some amount of pressures that she did not figure out how to get from under that will cause her to go to what is arguably one of the highest places that she could find and then leap to her own demise. I mean, and, and and that had to be critical, crucial. And like you said, you just looked at her from the outside and said that she's beautiful. She's hosted uh, uh, shows and you were, you were Miss USA for Christ's sake. What else do you want, right? Because to you, that success, and that is from an external perspective, not considering what her internal aspirations may have been. And if I could just really lend any advice to anyone, you do not do what you know how to do, but do what your purpose to do. Because many of us with many talents and many giftings, people will pull on us to do almost any and everything. And when you got the yes disease and you always shaking your head yes and always giving into what everybody wants you to do, you never tap into what you want to do because success to you doesn't always feel or look like success to everyone else. So I'll, I'll pause there because I'm pretty confident that you want a word. Um, and so we'll just kind of, uh, I guess, dialogue about this. I just, I, I just had several thoughts as you were introducing this topic to me. Um, and, and I'm sorry that this has happened to this, this young lady and uh, her family had to experience all of this, but we can, we, we can talk about it. Um, so. Wow. I don't know about you, but I've been enjoying the conversation thus far. Dr. Curry has been amazing. So let's go back and hear part two of this phenomenal interview. And this is what I got to deal with every day as people surrounding him, bullying him, messing with him and, and not wanting to live. In fact, a, a friend of mine who I will leave nameless, uh, well, an acquaintance, but uh, friends when we were growing up for sure, um, son actually committed suicide 
uh, at 11 years old. And it was it was interesting just to learn of that news and to witness that because these pressures that people are under, even children not knowing another way, but to say that I'm going to end my life only to begin one in eternity, whether it is their belief or not. And so I'm just saying that it is something that uh, uh, we must consider, think about um, and give people the place and space to become what it is that they believe they were born to be. So you're, you're muted. I'm not, you're, you're muted for some reason. Help us on this. If I feel like I'm losing my mind, I'm, I'm about, I've had all that I can take. Um, I've been in situations like that, and I think that where this comes from is from not really doing the things that you kind of mentioned that you're supposed to be doing. Now, I deal with children as the principal of our school, but there's times when I have to step in and be the teacher, and I don't know how these teachers deal with these children day in and day out. I it, it's like I have to take a break and walk away because it's I was like, what is going on? And I can only imagine how people feel where they feel trapped. They feel like there's nothing else that they can do. They don't have an alternative. They don't have a choice. Help us. If you were counseling someone who was at their wits end or had been contemplating suicide, what would you tell them? Well, I have changed my methods over the years, uh, taking counseling courses, uh, been a recipient of counseling degrees. I, you can learn methods of counseling and ways to maneuver uh, through that process. What I have adopted in more recent times is really a coaching mechanism more than that of counseling. I think that it is important for me to have a listening ear, but it is equally important that I start to show people how to make little small adjustments. And I think that the difference between the two in its approach, if I had to put it in my own words, uh, you know, most of my favorite sports, and when I think of coaching, the first thing that comes to mind is 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 the uh, the sporting arena, and most of my favorite sports involves um, some object being uh, uh, rendered from one person to the next. And so, um, I was talking to someone the other day, and a light bulb went out. They called me crying. True story. They called me in tears, crying. And they said those words that you just said, I don't know how much more I can take. My first instruction is always don't say that because you don't want to find out how much more you can take because you are actually a lot stronger than you believe you are that you don't let's let's take that out of your vocabulary. But I really, truly believe that most people can get from under pressure once they understand the point of pressure. And so when people can understand things, they 
can 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 typically uphold it when they can understand it they can uphold it and and if well i'll say it this way when they can understand things they can stand under things right um if you just flipped it around and and and, and made it old english you can stand under it if you understand it and so what i try and do which is kind of sort of more of a coaching method is show them what they have in them because in the midst of difficulty and in the midst of pressure and high stressed situations you tend to forget to remember who you are whose you are and what you're capable of and um life life in its most intense moments has the power to blind you from the own power of you and so um and 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 much like a coach uh i was telling them the other day that once you get this one little nugget i think that you're going to see life differently so so my method is that i teach people how to catch i, I know that don't make a lot of sense to you right now but i teach people how to catch um if 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 i take a football and i throw it in your direction if your hands aren't up, you want to accuse me of throwing it at you. But if you actually put your hands up and I teach you how to position what you already have, you'll take what I you you would take something that you used to think was being thrown at you and you'll realize that somebody was throwing something to you. And when you actually experience life's greatest obstacles, greatest difficulties, greatest uh pressures uh it's not what's being thrown at you because as long as i don't put my hands up as long as i don't uh shield myself from being hurt uh to catch a thing is actually more of a defense than it is an offense even though it's it's usually an offensive lesson if you're picking up what i'm putting down but it's really it's really a, a defense i'm protecting myself from being hurt uh you know they got some baseball players that throw over 100 miles an hour can you imagine getting hit by that if you don't use that glove to stop that speed and so if you don't start to catch that life is throwing certain things to you and you turn your opposition into opportunities you're going to keep on feeling like you that, that life is throwing stuff at you and you'll keep getting hit by the things that you really was really being thrown to you not so that they can hurt you but so that they can help you to score and so my method what i tend to do is talk to people about where they are and teach them how to catch theoretically you done got deep on this I, that's what i'm talking about i i this is exactly why i brought you on because you can take a subject that can appear to be so solemn and so um, make you feel downtrodden and like you don't have a way of escape and then bring a light and make you feel good about it. And so the way that you presented it, what I'm, I'm gathering that you said is basically instead of um, feeling like you're a victim, learn how to be the victor in the situation. Yes. I, I, man. So let me not be insensitive to this subject. And the reason I cannot be insensitive to it, because the reality is, is that people have been offended. So in a sense, they are the victim. 
but they don't have to live under a victimized mentality. So you can turn your victim, you, you, can, you can turn the thing that made you a victim into becoming a victor. So you are right. You have the ability to do that, but it's all about perspectives and how you're looking at it, right? So it's all how you look at it. True story, man. There are some people that people to this day still can't believe that I talk to can't see how I hug, can't see how I treat right. They never, and if they don't know the details, they would have never known that there was ever an issue to begin with. But one of the things that I realized, it was the things that was thrown at me that hit me one one time good enough that I started uh, uh, quite naturally to defend myself, I put my hands up. But what I realize is that I caught something. And once I catch it, it leaves their possession and it becomes, it, it, it's now in my possession. So if it's in my possession, it's under my control. So after you release it from you, after the offender, whoever mistreated you, did you dirty or said something about you, lied on you, talked about you, scandalized your name, meant nothing but evil for you, had meetings about you, uh, 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 lied on you, had you uh, whatever. See, a lie is not just the absence of truth. The, a lie is also the intent to deceive. And so there are people who will use truth to lie. And there's all kinds of things that happens to people in their lives. But once it leaves their possession, it also leaves their control. And once it gets in my my vicinity. I put my hands up not to guard against it, even if that's what happens initially. But once I realized that what I what I lifted my hands to guard against, it actually gave me authority and gave me control. It's up to me what I do with that. And what I have discovered is that I have taken every one of those situations. And it's not that I don't deal with difficulty. It's just that I deal with difficulty differently. And what I have, what I have discovered is that one once something gets in my possession, under my control, then it's up to me to determine if I stand under it or if I allow it to depress me. I'm not letting that happen. Not if I have something to do with it. And most people don't realize that they have a choice. One writer, uh, I think it was John C. Maxwell, who said that the a bend in the road is not the end of a road, only unless you fail to turn. In other words, in other words, you get to a point where there's a bend in the road. Well, it's only the end of a road if you don't turn. So you can turn almost anything in your favor or in the direction that you desire for it to go if you decide that I'm not going to be the victim, but I'm going to be the victor. I am going to turn this problem in my life into an opportunity. And I only know this lesson so well is because I was what most people would call problematic, right? <laughs> I, I was a problem. I was the child that parents said, keep your child away from. I was the one that, 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 that people had to whisper and have little discussions about before they got in my presence. And, and my, my point is, is that God looked at this thing that everybody else was calling a problem and he turned it into 
into an opportunity. He made it an opportunity to show and prove that he was stronger than my strong will. He was better than the biggest things that try to block me. And, and, and the way that I am dealt with is now the way that I deal with other people and other things. I'm not going to let nothing that's thrown at me not become something that is thrown to me. I'm going to score with the thing that you threw at me. So, I mean, that, that's just kind of my philosophy. And I think that if people can adopt that, that these pressures can at least be uh, diminished. I'm not saying they're going to go away because there is a skill to learning those, those practices. Um, it's not as easy as it sounds, but it really is doable for all who would really, really want to do, as you said, move from the victim seat to becoming the victor. Yeah, and you're yeah, saying and so much. So I hope that people are taking people are taking notes and they are um, writing down these nuggets that you are giving. I remember I was talking, I think it was someone just today and I was explaining, they were saying, you know, it's that whole, you're better than me. If that was me, I would do blah, blah, blah. And the reality is, is that you're not me. And I've learned how to handle certain situations because I'm responsible for myself. I can't control anybody else. I can't tell anybody else how to behave or what to do. And the reality is, is that at the end of the day, we all have stuff that's not right with us. We all have stuff that, you know, someone will probably, how do they say that phrase? Like your, um, your poop stinks too. I was just telling my son that yesterday, you know, and you have to get to a place to where you don't allow the things that people do affect you to the point to where you want to end your life. It's over. It's done. And because I know how much mercy and how much grace God extends to me. So how can I not, when you put God in the middle of that, how can I not extend that same grace, mercy to other people because they didn't do what I liked or they said something I didn't like that hurt my feelings? I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. You're you're on it. And so um, I, I don't know that people um, do a, a enough introspective assessment. You know, I don't know that people look within because the reality is, is that whatever you do to me really ain't your problem. It's really my problem. Um, and chances are, if you're doing something that irritates me, Hint, hint. Um, <laughs> if you do something that irritates me, the only reason why you continue to do it is because you know that it's getting to me. And so, um, I, um, and, and and one of the one of um, the greatest tools that I've learned to use is to control the things that you can control. And the one thing that I know is that I cannot control other people. I have a hard time controlling myself. So I know that I'm not going to sign up for the class of controlling others. And so I can't control your actions. I can't control what you do, but I can control what I do. And most people, for whatever reason, um, I dare to say or venture to say that they don't believe that they have control once it something happens to them. But I just told you, once it happens to you or said to you, it has left the possession of the other person or the other thing. And now it is in your possession under your control. So you need to determine 
what you do with that. I agree 100%. And I think that, um, I I guess here's where I'm going to go with this, with dealing with this situation. Because there's so many different ways to attempt suicide or do different things. And I think that when you get to all the jumping off of a huge building. I wish I had to put up the video of the guy that, you know, you said that jumped and he didn't die and his legs were broken. Everything was broken. And um, can you imagine how it would feel attempting to do something, especially jumping from 29 stories all the way down? And then God intercedes and it was like, nah, not so you, you don't get to take your life this time. And the mental anguish that you have to be in. And I know some people who deal with this subject where PTSD is, is real, where um, being bipolar is real. Um, having excessive depression is real for them. And it and you could be at your most happiest moment and still be feeling sad. And um, there's nothing that you can figure out. And what many of our society, especially um, those of color, tend to do is to want to put a prayer on it, to want to go to church and want to slap Jesus on it and say that, you know, you just need to be saved or you just need the Holy Ghost, but you have to be in some type of mental anguish to go all the way up to the top of the 29th floor to jump off. At some point when I got to 10 or 11 or 12, or even when I got to the top and I looked down to see how far it was, something still has to get you all the way off of that that ledge. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It makes sense. And and to all that you said, all of those things are real. All of those um every every diagnosis every um mood disorder every memory that at times uh revisits people in their present day it's all real um and and we got to find real ways of dealing with it and um i do not let me say it this way. I don't um, talk down on the, the 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 church folk who say put a prayer on it, slap some Jesus on it, slap some oil on it, as some are now. There's a lot of people who are just demonizing them. Uh, they're, they're demonizing the power of prayer, demonizing um, what what has happened. And, and, I'm, and, and if it ain't you, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about those who are just just. To those who will take that little piece and run with it i'm i'm talking about those who do i think that people tend to teach what they know um, and if they know that something worked for them or in their sphere of experience uh, then they tend to advise only what they know you cannot give what you do not have uh, one of my favorite quotes in the world, you cannot give what you do not have. And there's information that you do not have. So you can't give it. There's knowledge that you do not have. So you can't give it. There's advice that you really ought not be given because of what you lack. And, um, you know, I, I, I just try to stay in my place 
and make sure that I handle correctly those who have been sent to me. Because the reality is that there are people who, um, who, 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 for a better sense of the word, God will lead to me. And I believe that I have the answer for them. But do I think that I have the answer for the world? Definitely not. I just took a, um, a test that I I've never taken before. I thought that I knew every personality test that could ever be offered. But I took a different one that was conjured that I, I, I don't mind putting a link to because I'm pretty confident that she wouldn't be mad if we put her her thing out there. But um, uh, a part of one of the networks that I'm in, I was on a training and one of the uh, assignments was to take this not assessment, but it was like, it was almost like one of those personality tests or whatever. But in any event, long story short and short story shorter, it, uh, it said that I'm a hero, right? So my personality type was hero. And, uh, one of the things that she said, and, and I agree with, um, this is one of the few times I really agree with everything that was on there. Right. Um, but, you know, uh, it says hero, but here's the thing that she said that blessed my life. She said, the the hero's issue is, is that the hero thinks that they can save the world but there's n there's not been no hero other than Jesus that was sent to save the world they were sent to save the people that was assigned to them and so they they you know batman was sent to gotham you, you know what i'm saying like it it, it wasn't everywhere you, you know what i'm saying and, uh, and and i can go on and on uh, that people are sent to their areas and their arenas. And so I believe that I may have the, 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 uh, the, um, the answer for the one sent to me. Right. But I don't. And, and when I don't, I'm man enough to say, look, I don't have that, but people don't like empty answers. They want you to be able to get them to someone or someplace that can help them. And I think that there was a time, and, and, and I, I know that it's real. Let me let me just say this. Let me just say this for the record. Let me say this for the record. Let me say this as someone who literally, actively cashes checks. I cash a check right now when people come for counseling, all right? Cash checks. Let me say as someone who was born in this thing you call church and have seen all kinds of stuff, I... I, I, I I wrestle with this subject matter. I've, I've been on panels and talked at different times about all of this because I literally see both sides of this from, from a clinical and from a spiritual standpoint. I would tell you that all of those things are real. All of those things are real, undoubtedly. But spirits are also real. And one of the things that I need people to understand is that there are things that you can do in the realms of counseling. There's even medication that you can take that could that can alter your mind and keep you calm. But the other side of this is that you can't medicate a demon. And so and so you you know, there are two sides to this thing and contingent upon what's going on with you and what is really happening in you then you got to you got to know and um and 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 connie we can have a talk um offline because some of us have a plethora of things that are happening okay so there used to be a time when i was growing up that we would drive to the liquor store 
And guess what the store said up there? Liquor store. Now, it don't say liquor store. Right, right. Because the, because I'm just gonna prove my thesis that now it's a situation where some things ain't hiding his hand. It's a wine and spirits, and some of us are consuming spirits. Some of us are yielding ourselves to to um, controlled substances, and and we are we are giving over the power of our minds to other things you know that we say in the name of relaxation or fun or whatever it might be we are we are literally uh, uh selling or exchanging our our souls our minds our well-being the control that we have been gifted to other things some of us get linked up with people through sexual activity and even other ungodly connections and we end up with with ties and things that tangle us up and you don't know what's coming out of you you don't even recognize you you ain't the person that you've ever been because of all of the the entanglements and the things that we've been wrapped up into and so there are a multiplicity of things that we can consider that you can wonder why you popping the pills and the pills ain't working you had the prayer and the prayer ain't working and you had the oil and the oil and, we're, and there's so many things that's happening because you might need a different thing for everything. And what I'm just trying to say is, is that you get to a point where you got all of these specialists and people want to claim that they know this and they know that. And at best, they only know how to deal with the symptoms, but don't know how to deal with the source. And what I'm trying to say is, is that there comes a time Listen, this has been a conversation that is necessary. We sometimes know people that are dealing with it. You may personally have dealt with this or dealing with depression, dealing with suicidal thoughts. And I want to encourage you as we close out this first episode to know that, listen, you're not by yourself. You don't have to go through these things alone, even though at times somehow our mind can convince us that no one understands that we're all alone, that there's no other options. Why are you here? I want you to know that the mere fact that you are alive, that you are living is a, is a testament to your purpose. You're here for a reason. Even if you don't understand, even if it's not apparent now, I want you to know that the that because you are living, because you are inhaling and exhaling, please know that you have a purpose. And if you feel like you need more assistance, assistance, excuse me, or you need more help, you can reach out to the National Suicide Prevention um, Center and they have a website, suicidepreventionlifeline.org. I'll say it again, suicidepreventionlifeline.org or you can call 1-800-273 and the word talk. That's 1-800-273-8255. Listen, we hope that this has helped you. We hope that this has given you a sense of encouragement and empowerment. Until next episode, we'll see you again. Bye-bye.